Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. Today, we were able to catch up with Todd Graffinini, who's in London, and NFL Network reporter Stacy Dales, who is there on hand all week covering the matchup between the Saints and the Vikings. That game is Sunday, 8.30 Central Time. It's a little early here, but just get up, get some coffee, make some breakfast, and kick back, watch the Saints. Hopefully get a win over the Vikings. The Saints, they've been there since the game at Carolina, took the first flight out, it was chartered, so they can do that, and got to London as quickly as possible in preparations for the time zone, everything that they had to do there, just so they could get acclimated. The Vikings, they're not leaving until after practice Thursday, late Thursday night. They won't arrive in London until Friday. A little different approach, so we'll see which one comes out uh, better. I think personally I would like to get used to the time before I had to get up and play a football game at 8.30 in the morning, but I also don't play professional football, so I can't really speak on, on that entirely. We're definitely going to touch on some of the injury reports that came out today, who was on it, who was off, what happened at practice. All of this is happening much earlier as London is six hours ahead of us. I think that's the right way to say it. If it's 12 o'clock here, it's 6 o'clock p.m. there. Obviously, practice, any availability, all of that's going to be wrapped up pretty early in the morning in New Orleans time. So just stay tuned throughout the day, the rest of the week, as practice reports, videos, highlights, photos, player availability, and that injury report will roll out throughout the morning and early afternoon. So without further ado, let's bring in Todd Graffanini, get his thoughts from how things are shaking out over there in the United Kingdom. Joined now by Todd Graffanini, our Saints reporter on site in London. Todd, thank you for joining me. How's it going over there? It is going very well, Aaron. Uh, it is much later in the evening as we record this, but uh, getting a little used to the time change now, six hours ahead. But uh, yeah, um, game's going to be here before you know it. We've been here for a couple of days now, so uh, it's starting to flow a little bit quicker here. So again, long day today and right back to the practice field tomorrow and back to the team hotel. So it's uh, it's going. Well, you brought up a good point there. You said you're getting used to the time change a little bit now. You've been there. You got there a little bit later than the team did, but you've been there now about three days. The Vikings, however, are not coming in until Friday. Do you think that's a benefit for the Saints to get there earlier and have their sleep schedule, maybe get a little more acclimated ahead of the game rather than coming in over the weekend? It's funny you said that. I was literally just reading an article on mm -hmm. the Vikings and their decision to leave on Thursday night. And look, I, I don't think there's a science to it. Uh, the man who made the decision for the Vikings had been over there four times. He's done it two times staying the week and two times they left later. Mm -hmm. And the quote that I read was the later, the longer you stay there, the more fires you have to put out. I don't know what that means. 
Are we um, having to chase people down in London? Well, I, I'm just telling you right now, Aaron, where the Saints are staying, they're basically sequestered. I, right. I don't know where in the world they're going to go. Because so, the, the team is staying. And, and look, an this is the away. third. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's an hour away. Trust me. I've, I've made the trip four times now. And the Saints have been here now the third time and both times prior they've stayed the entire week and are two and oh so i i think there's pros and cons to to both sides but i don't see why the saints would change again they were here in 2017 stayed here the entire week and, and won the game handily mm-hmm. um i i just i think a lot of it also listening to dennis allen today talking about it again while you're here the week it's really getting in and playing football and not worrying about anything else and these guys being with each other pretty much 24 7 I I think for the Saints it's as much as a a bonding experience as it is even just for the strictly football idea and you know it can't it can't hurt and you get you have to get used to the clock Mm mm-hmm but that takes a couple days. And, you know, right now I feel pretty good. Like Monday, that was rough. It was rough. <laughs> it is the first, when you first get here and you're six hours behind body wise, it's tough. But, you know, the, the longer during the week you go, the easier it gets. And that's why, again, if you're the Vikings, the first couple days are the hardest days. Right. So you just, it. You know, I, I, I can't answer it definitively, but each team who has to come over here has to decide and the Saints chose the longer version and the Vikings chose the shorter version. The game is at 830 central. Both teams are coming from the central time zone. So we'll right. see if it helps the Saints start a little bit quicker this week, <laughs> <laughs> um, offensively, yeah. especially You've been there. You talked to the team today, saw a little bit of practice. What did you glean out of those conversations, the availability, and what you're able to see today? It, it really, look, and I know what the, the main storyline is, and I know we're going to get into that in just a little bit, but that's really been it. If you think about the first three games, the Saints have really put themselves in a position where they're not able to play the type of football they want to because they're playing catch-up the entire time. Mm-hmm. and it, it it's it's a situation where you've got to give some type of relief to your defense who in my mind has played very very well now i know it was a struggle against atlanta that was a different type of offense but in the last two weeks you cannot complain about what the saints have done defensively and despite the performance of the offense the defense has given you an opportunity to win both the tampa game and the Carolina game. Mm-hmm. The offense just has not held up its end of the bargain. But if you think about the last two weeks, Aaron, first drive of the game against Tampa, right down the field, and you had a third and seven or eight deep in their territory, and Jameis makes a low throw to Chris Olave, which would have continued the drive. And if you score a touchdown on that first drive, instead of kicking a field goal, that game – changes complexion much differently Mm -hmm. you think about the first drive against carolina right down the field you had a second and two about the 30 yard line troutman false start 
second and you know second and two becomes second and seven. Alvin Kamara gets a yard where you probably, even if he gets a yard on second and two, it's third and one. Instead, it's third and seven, and then you complete the pass to Michael Thomas, which gets negated because of the Mark Ingram quote unquote chop block, which mm-hmm. we can get into, but I would rather not. So the penalties in that drive completely changed the game. If you get on top early, look again, being in Carolina, Aaron, that crowd was ready to turn on the Panthers. Trust me, the way they started out on offense, they were, you you saw in the second drive after they went three and out and Baker Mayfield overthrew the receiver and you heard the smattering of booze. They were ready. They were ready to turn on them. And then you hand them a touchdown with, with the Camara fumble and that completely changed the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it would be nice if you could get out, score a touchdown relatively early. I mean, you think about it, the saints have had what a seven, three lead in the first quarter against Atlanta and a three, nothing lead in the first quarter against Tampa. And that's been it other than the very end of the Atlanta game, the saints have played catch up the first three games. And it's been very, very difficult because when you get into that type of situation, half your offense is taken away because you can't run the football. You're throwing the football every down to try to catch up and get back into the ball game. And then we heard some of the players today, even center Eric McCoy talked about it. The, opposition the defense knows that's what you have to do they only have absolutely one thing and that makes it even harder on the offensive line to protect a quarterback everything has to move quicker it's a lot more work on the offense Mm -hmm. when the other side knows exactly what you're doing you have to be almost perfect and yeah and it's a lot look and you're not going to you would not see the pressure that the opposing defenses have shown the last couple of weeks. If you had a lead and were running the football, they're not right. going to bring the house right? the, the way that Tampa and, and Carolina did. So it, it's just a completely different mindset when you're playing with a lead and when you're playing catch up, which is exactly, I, I use that word five times now, but that's, that's the reality. You've mm-hmm. got to give some type of relief to the saints defense who are playing well enough to win. We've heard it a lot this week. We heard it a lot last week, even you have to stop shooting yourselves in the foot, the penalties, yep. the turnovers, those things at this point in the season, we're through three games, especially the pre-snap penalties. Those are things that just shouldn't happen in a game. You know, sure. There's a little bit of chemistry. They're still working through. There's still this fact that not everybody got to play together in training camp. Again, I feel like we're kind of getting past that point in the season where those things should start working themselves out a little bit. And I, and I really hope that it's this weekend against the Vikings on Sunday, where we see a really good, solid first quarter of play, even just the, the first offensive drive where they can put together some points. Um, we've had to settle for field goals or field goal attempts. Those obviously did not work in the last game against the Panthers either. So really just focus really should be on cleaning up some of those things and getting into the end zone. You mentioned it a little bit about practice today, a storyline that we're definitely going to get into quarterback. Jameis Winston did not participate in practice. He said that was not necessarily his choice, but he was told that he needed to take that time to rest after a long flight with the injuries that he's dealing with. We saw quarterback or you saw, cause I'm not there, but you saw quarterback 
slash tight end. Right. Slash athlete. Well, Taysom Hill takes some snaps. I that, think. yes, Aaron, that <laughs> was the storyline. You know, look, last Wednesday, Jameis was physically present at practice prior to the Carolina game, but did not participate. Now, Jameis wasn't there today. He obviously remained behind at the team hotel. And remember, you're not practicing in the same location. It's about a 20-minute ride right. from the hotel to the practice spot. Um, so he physically was not there. So you walk in, and you've done this however many times, you see who's there and who's not. Well, you go, you walk in and you see the usually three red jerseys and there's only two. Well, one of them's not number two. Okay, well, you watch him stretch. Okay, Jameis isn't here. That's fine. Then you see the walkthrough type of stuff. And yes, Taysom Hill, who is not wearing a red jersey, and remember, he did not play against Carolina. He is taking second team reps at quarterback behind Andy Dalton. And of course, everyone who's covering the team who's been there since you and I have since July 27th are looking at each other going, whoa. Now, obviously, Taysom took reps at quarterback prior to the Atlanta Falcons game because he ran the Wildcat, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Taysom cat, if you will. But not one member of the media since July 27th has seen Taysom Hill take a rep at quarterback and today he wasn't taking wildcat reps Aaron he was throwing the football so again everyone's like this has not been witnessed in 2022 uh, of the fall and the thing about it is as you know you can't publicly say anything until practice is over mm -hmm. on social media and everyone was sitting on that for about two hours and that was really the topic of conversation with everybody who was watching practice today. It, it almost superseded practice because you just didn't know. You didn't know what the Jameis situation was. You didn't know if he was held out because he was too hurt to practice or, as we found out later, he was held out of practice. But it was just wild speculation during the entire time and everybody pretty much had their thumbs on their phone, you know, right after Justin Massillon gave the, said, all right, practice is over. And then boom, it was an avalanche of tweets. As oh, you the, saw. the tweets had been drafted. They were just waiting. Ab absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody just had to hit send, <laughs> but yes, that was the, that was the story today. That was the story. Hill sat out the last game due to the rib injury that he suffered earlier in right. the season, uh, a preseason. And, and, and look, I'm not, let me I'm not trying to interrupt, but yeah. you know, Dennis Allen also mentioned that this was part of the plan, right? They were going to start to, you know, incorporate Taysom back into the quarterback spot. So not playing, was he healthy enough to play in Carolina and they just didn't want to risk it. So that's that's something else that you got to think about. And obviously, a lot of people did think about that today, where why put him in there? And if he re-aggravates the ribs, then would he be able to play quarterback if he had to against Minnesota? So I think there was a little bit of strategy in, in keeping Taysom off the field against the Panthers.
So just to be specific, quarterback Andy Dalton took the first team reps. Jason Hill took backup second team reps. How did Hill look throwing the ball? Fine. Looked good. Again, I mean, he's. it's not like he's a rookie to the position. He's been playing quarterback at some, you know, one way or another the last few years. So, you know, he's been practicing, though, as a tight end. Right. So he may for, for have all been, during training camp. He may have been throwing. We just haven't seen. We just don't see it. Exactly. Right. We don't see he it. He may have been working on this aspect or continuing to keep that part of his game ready. We just haven't seen it in the open practice portions or during training camp. Well, I mean, think about it, Aaron. How many times we watched all of those train every single every single training camp practice? Mm-hmm. Did Taysom Hill take one snap at quarterback? Not one. Mm-mm. And when he came on the field against Atlanta, we're like, wait a second, he hasn't taken any quarterback snaps. Obviously, they did that after the media had left. Right. So. Um, But no, no, but it was in full view today. Yeah. Full view. So far, we've just seen him take direct snaps to to run, basically. Correct. Um, No, absolutely. No, no. this is no wildcat situation, what he was doing today. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just an interesting wrinkle as things unfold this week there in London. We did get a look at the injury report a little bit earlier than we thought we might. They sent it out after the conclusion of practice today. Um, Nothing crazy. I don't think, you know, kind of all the injuries that we were monitoring as far as Paulson Adebo, Alvin Kamara, Marcus Davenport. uh, He has his shoulder. They were all out there. All out there. Deontay Hardy, JT Gray, Traquan Smith, yep. Tim Hill, Mark. Good to Day. see Traquan out there too, because with a was a with a situation like he was in against Carolina, when you saw that head really hit the ground, you just right. you never know. But that was good to see because Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, we just don't know. Jarvis Landry was out there today working on the side. Michael Thomas was not present so uh, I again you would think he was with Jameis right treatment and then that's a good point that you brought up that they're not side by side right now as it is here where I'm at the facility the training facility indoor outdoor your treatment area they're all in the same building or right next door not the case there so yeah what's the point of putting a player on a bus almost an hour there and back when you can use that time for rest, recovery, treatment, anything else they might need for those injuries so they can be better off the next day or the next. Because Winston did say he expects to be at practice. Coach Allen said he expects him to be at practice. Sounded like full <laughs> no, practice. No, no. Look, look, and, and if you listen to Jameis today, and I know you did, he was not happy about not being out there. The of guy wants not. to be out there. That's the type of player he wants- that he is. Exactly. And I admire that aspect. You know, he is so do I dealing with injuries, but he wants to do everything he can for this team. And he was asked, do you think you're the best option for this team with the injuries that you're dealing with? And he said, absolutely. I absolutely am the the right person to be leading this team right now. Um, so he feels good enough, healthy enough, confident enough that he should be the guy out there. And I think that's what we've gotten from the Saints this whole time as well. Yep. Nope. I absolutely. And 
but it just it adds a little more drama not drama but you know what i'm saying when everybody oh, walks crap. in tomorrow you love the drama you no i am an anti <laughs> summers i am so anti-drama you know me well enough now i i want no drama but you're that's that's the first thing people are going to see tomorrow when when we walk in there is is Jameis dressed mm-hmm. and is he going to participate in the open portion that we see and again people need to understand when we go in there you watch stretching and you watch about 10 minutes of basically walk through stuff you don't see any game plan any type of you know, like we watched her in training camp, seven on seven, 11 right. on 11. You don't see any of that. It is, it is pretty brief. Um, but yeah, no, if he's out there tomorrow, at least participating, even though they're going to most likely list him as limited. Sure. Um, because that's what he was listed all last week. And he played, he started. You would think they'd list him as limited, but if he's at least out there during stretch and the portion that we see, then that would be a good sign for him. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think the other interesting part of how this season has gone has been the emergence of Chris Olave as the wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And he's been a great option. Uh, Him and Winston seem to have a really good uh, relationship rapport as far as Winston obviously is looking for him. He he wants no to get him the ball. Um, 26 and, targets in the last two games. Yeah, it's been really cool to see Olave be ready for those moments. Even seeing him speak to the media, he just seems like he's he's not a rookie in that regard. He's kind of further ahead in his abilities on the field, yep. the way that he prepares and the way that he presents himself, the way he talks about the team. So that's been a positive over the past few weeks. Anything else you're watching this week as we prepare for the Vikings? You know, it, it's it's crazy when you were talking about that. You know, we've been watching Alavi from the get-go, and it just seemed like he belonged mm-hmm. even from the first day of practice. And I agree. I think Jameis trusts him, trusts him enough, like I said, 13 targets against – Tampa, even though a lot of them went astray. Mm-hmm. And then last week they were really in sync together. Mm-hmm. And it, it, here's the other wrinkle that you're throwing into this though, Aaron, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, if Jarvis Landry doesn't play, right. then Alave becomes not WR two or maybe three, He's WR1. And the coverage. And how does that, you know? Yeah. How does that change? Because he is going to get the bulk of the defensive X's and O's. Talking about the defensive coordinator, they're going to be like, see number 12, do whatever you have to do to take him out of the game and let the other guys beat you. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry on the field. So how does that dynamic change? If those guys don't play, then we'll see. We'll see how Olave adjusts because now he will be the go-to right. guy on Sunday. So it's, again, it's, it's a great game. It's all chess match. It just, it just stinks because injuries are such a big part of the NFL and, and the saints, unfortunately, like we've seen 
in the last few years, it, they're already rearing their ugly head and, and what we're in week four. So yeah. we'll see. I thought we got all of that out of our, I, I, I thought so too. <laughs> I thought so too. Well, I think it's even more important for the saints to establish their run game with the injuries on the, on the receiving core right. limitations with Winston. So I, I know that's a focus for them. I, I, yes, it is, but I don't think the run game's a problem. There just hasn't been the opportunity to run the ball at the end of ball games. Right. The saints are averaging five yards a carry. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But when you're down 14 points in the fourth quarter, you're not running the football. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. That's the issue. Didn't mean to cut you off. But no, No, you're passionate about it. I like that. I just want to win on Sunday, Summers. I just want to win. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long way to come. It's a long way to come and leave empty-handed. Right. We talked about it's a long way to go off of a loss at Carolina to have to sit there and think about that. But it sounds like everybody got some good sleep on the way yeah. out there. I think, though, at this point, everybody really wants to come home with the win. So that's what we're we're hoping for. And in, and look, in 2017, the last time the Saints were here, this game springboarded the rest of the season. Remember, mm-hmm. the Saints were 0-2 in 2017. And for the first time... Jeez, I, I couldn't even tell you. After the second game against New England, there were people calling for the head coach's position. Like, that's how bad it was the first two weeks of that season. And they got a win in week three and then came over here against the Miami Dolphins, completely dominated, actually shut them out. It was a yeah. 20 to nothing game. And boom. You know, four division titles later. I mean, the London game really was the springboard to that 2017 season. And you just hope that history repeats itself in, in that sense. Because, again, they were out here all week and, and just kind of it was a bonding situation. And then, boom, the defense showed up, pitched the shutout. The offense did just enough. Again, 20 points isn't a whole lot, but they did just enough and then they literally took off from there and uh you hope that it happens again well if you want a little history repeating itself we could talk about the last time that Jameis winston started a game right there at tottenham because he's well it wasn't tottenham it was it was probably it was wembley tottenham just got built it was in london i i and i know the stat and i would rather not hear it I don't think he did well. He passed for 400 yards. Yeah, but he threw he threw a bunch of interceptions, I believe. This is we're just positives here. This is all. We're okay, I, I just he had a great start, 400 yards in his okay his start there. Okay, for Tampa. Okay, that's, yes, that's what we're <laughs> going with. It was in 2019. <laughs> all right. Oh, go walk London. Go get your. Action. I've done it. <laughs> I, I set my all-time personal record for steps yesterday, Aaron. I'm proud of I you. Was, I was a couple of hundred from 30,000. So I've, I have done it all. I did my Abbey Road. I walked across. I didn't take my shoes off like Paul McCartney. <laughs> but I, I've done everything I've needed to do, and I'm, I'm just – I'm kind of ready for the game now. Now you're just ready for the W. Yep. Well, 
We appreciate you being there. We look forward to your practice reports the rest of the week, some interviews that you're doing with some of the players and the coverage that you're bringing on Sunday. I appreciate it. I cannot fill your shoes, but I am doing my best. You're doing great. We will catch up with you as the week goes on. Enjoy the rest of your evening there. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We're at, uh, we're getting deep into the evening, actually, a little deeper. So thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Todd, so much for checking in. We're going to talk to Stacey Dales. Always enjoy hearing from her. We've been watching her reports on the NFL Network already throughout this week. She's at the Saints and Vikings, both availabilities as they happen in London. Again, the Vikings not getting there later until this weekend, so she's kind of with the Saints camp to start things out. Saw a report from her with a one-on-one interview with Mark Ingram right when the Saints landed on Monday. You can find that on the Saints social media, at Saints on Twitter. Todd was able to catch up with her after practice on Wednesday, so I'm going to send it back over to Todd. Thank you, Aaron. Yes, here in jolly old England with Stacy Dales, NFL Network. Stacy, thanks so much for joining us on the Saints podcast. Uh, you're going to be here long enough. You might have to get dual citizenship before <laughs> this trip's done. Wow, a uh, couple games you're going to cover out here. Yeah, I've got Packers and Giants in Week Five, but I'm super pumped. I love the Saints, so I'm not going to hide it. I love the team. I, I'm a big fan, and uh, the Houdat Nation. I'm a huge fan. They know that. Um, but you know, a really good opponent in Minnesota who's coming off a big win. Going to ask you a personal question here. How does a Canadian who played college basketball and WNBA end up in the NFL as a reporter? That's crazy, right? Uh, you know, first part of my career at ESPN, graciously, seven and a half years, took a break, moved to L.A., California. They found out I was there and said, hey, Dales, you want to come work for us? And I was like, are you kidding me? And so 14 seasons later, I'm, I'm here. And so it's just been an awesome journey. I love the NFL. I love the league. And uh, it's just cool, you know, to be with you here in London and to be covering this team. I live in Chicago, so I get a lot of NFC North. But I love to branch out as a national reporter. And where better to do it in London uh, in this international series? And, it, you know, for the Saints, one and two, you love the early storylines because how healthy can this team get? How healthy can Jameis Winston get? There's so much talent on this roster, as you know, that it would be shocking if they didn't get on track. Tremendous segue here with Stacey Dales, NFL Network reporter. Um, yes, the storylines are thick, and it's really started today, uh, the media portion of practice, when we watched Andy Dalton taking reps of quarterback. That's no big deal. What we did see was Taysom Hill with no Jameis Winston We'll talk about Jameis in just a little bit. But that is something we have not seen since the beginning of training camp was Taysom Hill taking reps yeah. in front of the media. And Todd, you've been a part of every one of those. You've seen it. So to see him taking reps here in London was fascinating, actually. I'll use that word because we know he's done it in the past. But to hear Dennis Allen and for him to answer questions and field questions on, you know, is this going to be something moving forward? Is there an underlying message here or theme? And he's like, this was all part of the plan. So they have a plan in place for Taysom Hill to possibly play quarterback. Maybe that's in wild card, wildcat settings. Maybe that's in, you know, little changes that we've seen Taysom used before um, with Sean. But there's no question to me it shows that they're trying to get him comfortable with this offense, even as a 
second, third-string quarterback, right? Jameis, that was a, a planned decision to not practice Wednesday. Assume he'll be back Thursday. But they have a plan for him. They've got a plan for Andy Dalton, who's a capable veteran. And now, Taysom in that mix. you got to like it. it. You know, could be another wrinkle within this offense. As someone who, again, you said you're a Saints fan, you've watched, but you're yeah. watching from afar. We're around it every day. Yeah. Just your general thoughts on the first three games. Um, the injuries are mounting, so I think that's a big part of it. These receivers need to be healthy, right? Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas need to be healthy. I love the growth of Chris Olave, huge fan there. And I think it's a continued process with this offensive line, as we've learned in talking to these players and where that protection stands with Jameis, right? He's been sacked 11 times through three games. It's early, though. It's so early. I think I think what's important to remember, and I talked to somebody with the Saints about this, is week two was so emotional. You were there for it. You remember it. That Bucks game, all the drama that ensued, you lose that game at home, and you have to come down from that. It is hard in the NFL to come down from an emotional rivalry-type loss the way that that game ended. I wasn't surprised that Carolina was such a difficult game for this football team. So now it's like regroup and you're now sort of, this is a respite in London. It's an opportunity to erase those emotions and start anew, which is ironic because we're all the way over here, six-hour time zone change. A couple more minutes with Stacey Dale's NFL Network here on the Saints podcast. We just listened to Jameis talk. He did not practice today. Basically, he was told, you're not practicing, you need to heal up. <laughs> you, you can just tell warrior mentality it, it it's killing him not to be out there you, you you played you know exactly what it's like he almost looked a little pissed that he didn't get to practice he does understand it's for his health and his own good because he would be out there so sometimes you have to take that warrior mentality that you're talking about Todd and just be like hey you're not going out there today dude we need to save you for Sundays I I don't know how he's doing it to be honest would you have any type of fracture or any type of back issue which I've had in my career I've already had a back surgery it is a truly a testament to his toughness and his will you just hope that thing heals up because it is a long season uh, you know as you well know moving forward and it's hard to win in this league pretty tough test on Sunday too yeah. in Minnesota they're coming off a big comeback win last week so I mean, look, it's the NFL, but it just doesn't get any easier now. This is the third time the Saints have been in London. The formula has been good. The Saints are 2-0 and across the pond, if you will. But, again, this is a tough test on Sunday. Yeah, and so are the Vikings. They've been here before. Kirk Cousins has been here before. At 16, he throws for 458, uh, which ended up, I think, as a tie. But it's a record. That is a single-game record. So he's very familiar with this. I'm fascinated to see the Friday arrival and how that affects this football team I guess we'll see you know which team had the better plan spending a week here or two days here but yeah defensive front outstanding Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith um, Harrison Smith should be back in this game which is you know, bodes well for for Minnesota and then offensively Delvin Cook with that shoulder so we'll obviously track that but gosh they got some talent on that receiving core if they can get Justin Jefferson going he is a load to handle Finally, uh, as we mentioned at the top, you're going to be here a couple of weeks. Uh, they're working you to death at the <laughs> NFL Network. Are you going to be able to do anything fun? In London? I mean, look, you're in London for a couple of weeks. Look, where is our dinner plan? I mean, we need dinner plans, dude. 
But yes, I am here to work. Um, they have every day. Uh, I'm on all three shows every day, and it's. But you were working during your off day yesterday. Yeah. It was no practice. I, I mean, but I was in front of you know the Tower Bridge, so that right. was cool. But yeah, you, you sent me. We won't we won't mention it, but you sent me a, a nice picture of your leisurely day, and I sent you a picture of mine, which was in the rain, cold, and gosh, the wind. <laughs> As everybody knows me, I, I enjoy my days off yeah. because uh, starting starting very soon, I, there won't be many. Yeah. And I also want to say um, happy birthday to your son. Um, this is the time of year and for you to be here and not be with your son for his sixth birthday. Um, you're a hard ass worker. <laughs> you are doing both. You're pulling double duty with the, the Pelicans and uh, much respect, I will say that. Happy I, birthday. I re- thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, Jack. I really appreciate you mm-hmm. being on the podcast, Stacy. And uh, it's been great to get to know you a little yeah. bit. And uh, we're going to enjoy the game on Sunday. I say cheers. And you better you better come across this pond and celebrate your, your Saints because they need some support right now. Good team. I think a lot of good things are in store. That is Stacy Dale's NFL Network here in London. Aaron Summers, back to you. Appreciate Stacy and Todd's work over there in London. It's always good to have some eyes and ears on the ground there as we're all here in New Orleans waiting for that game on Sunday. Make sure you stay tuned at Saints on Twitter. You can always listen to the podcast here on NewOrleansSaints.com or on Spotify and iTunes. We'll be back for Friday with another episode before we get into the weekend. And so we'll preview a little bit more of that matchup between the Saints and the Vikings. Have a little bit better idea of who may or may not be available in that game. Enjoy the rest of your day and then we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.